What up, ladies oh, and gentlemen? That was a little Woo. bit delayed. Well, it is SHIT. So, so happy it's Thursday. Thursday. And uh, we got a good one for you. Two attorneys in a row. What's up with that? Woo-woo. Let's find out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you want to drop that fire? Boom. There it oh, is. It is another big day for the Business Bros Pod. And as always, we're so excited to bring to you an incredible guest who, who can help you in time of need. Our guest has an extensive background business and corporate law and has represented companies and high net worth individuals in real estate transactions, entity formation, and contract negotiation. She then went on and founded her own law practice with a desire to strategically address the financial and legal needs of hardworking individuals undergoing a family law-related dispute. These family law disputes can get, well, messy be a huge understatement about explosive or disastrous and volatile. Yeesh. You know, it's a situation that most people never expect to be in and nobody ever wants to be in. Our, I hope that our listeners never have to face something like this. But if you do, you'll want someone like our guest fighting in your corner, fighting for what's right for you. Joining us from Bronstein Law, APC, and bringing with her a wealth of experience and knowledge. Welcome to the show, Alana Bronstein. <laughs> Yo, yo, yo. All right. Oh, I changed the background just because I thought James was going to be on. Then he took a little snap break. Alana, I am so pumped to hear about some of the corporate stuff that you've been into. But before we get into your professional life, tell me a little bit about you. Who is Alana and how did you get into law? Uh, well, I, um, I had a background in real estate. Um, in my undergrad, I was one of the generations that went to graduated during the recession, and I was really unhappy. So I always wanted to go to law school. It was something I was petrified of, um, and I just took the risk and I went into law school. So I stayed in San Diego. I went to my undergrad at San Diego State, and I pursued. Go Aztecs. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I stayed in San Diego. I went to Cal Western. Uh, which was a great school, and I um, I got that higher education that I wanted. And then I wanted to continue into real estate and follow the path of least resistance. Um, and then pretty like really early on in my career, I just uh, decided to listen to my gut, my intuition, which is to go into family law and not continue into corporate and real estate. So even though I had um, the beginning of my experience of my career in that realm, and I worked for um, two large firms here in San Diego. I ultimately knew that I wanted to start my own practice, uh, build my own business, and help families. So that's why I went I, to family law. What was it like doing the whole real estate game? I mean, so I, my background is in taxes and accounting. I've had my real estate license for some time. Um, I'm dipping my toes right back into the representation phase, uh, even though I said I wasn't going to. I got clients that are just, you know, that want to work with me, and I'm more than happy to help them out. Um, I, I love that space. Like it's really cool to be able to give somebody the opportunity to 
find their home that that they love that they're going to grow as a family and make memories in or vice versa time to move from this particular place and move up to another place or whatever the situation is going to be. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's very traumatic for a lot of people, the whole transition of, of buying or selling their home. It's, it's some of the biggest financial uh, transactions that they're going to have in their life. Uh, and I feel I'm geared towards helping through that stressful point. One of my favorite parts of tax practice, for example, you know, is, is being able to listen to somebody's entire story throughout the year and then kind of pull pieces that that are going to help them out. I feel like I'm, my temperament is there and, you know, going from real estate to law, I feel like your temperament was there too. Why the family law? Uh, well, actually in, in real, so the real estate uh, law practice side of it is actually really mundane and not very exciting. Um, sorry, I lost you. I can't see you there. Oh, it's okay. You're good. We're playing with the cameras. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, in my practice and the corporate and the real estate side of it, um, I was not fulfilled. It was a. Oh, now I think we did lose her. There you go. You're back. We'll just leave it on the on the on the multiple screen, James. By the we'll way, I got like a nice. That. I got a nice little background. I now. noticed. I was totally gonna change it, like on an <laughs> off-screen moment. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, I off-screen. Uh, I've been through this whole process asbestos abatement through uh, my kitchen because of a leak that happened upstairs. And so as I'm uh, making your announcement, I've got one of the contractors knocking on the door like, hey, I'm trying to talk to you. I'm like, man, I told you I'm going to be on a call. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway. yeah, I mean it, it, that that sort of stuff happens. Alana, you got cut off here. You your screen went blank, but I, I want to come back sorry, to you. Sorry, sorry. No, no worries. You know, as a real estate uh, lawyer, I it was kind of mundane work. I didn't get to experience any of the client interactions, and I didn't get to like finish the deal. It was just not very interesting to me. Uh, but I learned a lot, and I met some great connections. Um, and I actually started seeing a lot of, a lot of clients that were kind of getting married, and then. For example, didn't have a prenup or had questions that all really always related to family law, and I was really interested in helping that side. Um, so ultimately, I went into family law not only because of that, but because it's just truly kind of an area of law that always fascinated me. It's something I wanted to read up on. It's something I wanted to um, practice and help. And it's the really the perfect combination of litigation and transaction. So I'm helping people that um, you know truly have to fight. For their, you know, rights for his custody, um, you know, uh, on a trial issue that disagreement, um, or really help people come together, mediate, um, you know, make transactions, enter into stipulations, so that they don't have to go to court. So it's a really great combination of those two things. Um, and then I was starting my family of my own, so I wanted to have that balance and be my own boss. So let, let's dig into some of this family law stuff because that that really gets interesting. You know, being being coming from a tax background, uh, when I sit with a client at the end of the year or uh, at the beginning of the next year, really, it, you know, the, the question is always kind of the same. It's like, you know, what? tell me what happened this last year. And it's always, you know, everybody's story is different. It's, it's, you know, we got married, we got divorced, somebody died, somebody was born, you know, all these different life events happen. Uh, and, and, you know, as a tax preparer, we're kind of figuring out what, best fits for them as, as far as their tax situation. Uh, but there are some things in life that we can, uh, we know are inevitable. We are going to die, right? Uh, we can plan for that ahead of time. 
Uh, there's things like what happens if for some reason you and your spouse decide not to be a couple anymore. You can have preventative things put in place. And then though it's not an omen, you're not doing things, you know, with the intent of failure, but you're doing things in case of failure. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of struggles that happen when, when somebody passes away in a family and things are not in a trust. There are a lot of things that go, that, that, uh, stir up a household when you have a divorce and it's not amicable and you have to split assets. Um, and I'll give you a funny story. I mean, when I was, uh, 20, 21 years old, started my first business, bought my first house, bought another house in Vegas. You know, I thought James and I thought we were on top of the world, for example. Right. And, you know, I was dating my wife at the time and we're, you know, contemplating getting married. And I was like, before we get married, you're going to sign a prenup. And she was like, hell no, I'm not. (laughs) Right. By the time we got married, I was completely broke and I had failed at everything in my business life and I had to start over. So she married me at my brokest, which means, you know, she really does love me. Right. But the point was like I had brought that up and that is not an easy conversation to have. Right. Your spouse doesn't want to hear about what happens if we don't make it. It's also not it's also involves money, not an easy conversation to have. Yeah, but you know, the way I look at prenups, and I love working on prenups with couples that are engaged or you know, plan on getting married. I always, um, you know, explain it to them that it is financial planning when you get married. It's how you're going to um, invest your money. Uh, you know, when are you going to buy a home? Um, how are you going to run your businesses? Um, these are things that, yes, you're contemplating potentially what can happen if you get divorced. Uh, but you're also really figuring out what it is, um, how you're going to manage your finances together when you get married. And the, one of the number one reasons that you know couples get divorced is because they don't talk about these things. They don't know how much debt they're marrying into. They don't know how much money they're marrying into, really. And so there's a lot of unknown uncertainties. And I think, first and foremost, uh, couples should absolutely talk about that. And um, some couples actually get, you know, therapy, kind of have a therapist bring that up. And so they, they there's a softer way of looking at it. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you see an attorney, the attorney's job is to give that legal you know, perspective and explain to them what they're entering into because many people don't know community property law when they decide to get married. And so then they're kind of hit on the head about you know, re- dividing their retirement and when they should really expect that would be the case. So I think it's really important. And I believe that the stigma is not there so much anymore because millennials and just our generation is more open to it. Um, we're also getting married much later. And so a lot of people are accumulating assets. So it's, it's an important conversation to be had, uh, but it's not for everyone. Well, I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper on that, but before we go further, uh, Vidal, one of our loyal listeners, also host of Lunch with the Shark, has a question. Well, actually, looking for a recommendation. If you know an attorney that can handle uh, a claim uh, of a class action lawsuit, uh, I, I do potentially. If you can uh, send my email, uh, you can email me. I'm more than happy to make the connection. We're gonna have James throw your banner up here, so Vidal can reach out to you, send you a DM, uh, and. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit more about this family law planning and and making sure you're doing things ahead of time. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, one, the number one reason why people end up getting a divorce usually stems from some sort of financial uh, uh, 
whatever it is, whatever, however you, you agree or disagree. And, and I know firsthand talking to plenty of couples, how people handle their money is completely different from household to household. There are some households where everything is 50%, right? You have a job, you have a job, everything goes into, you know, their own accounts and maybe they split every bill 50, 50, or, you know, one spouse handles the mortgage and the other spouse handles all the interim bills or everything goes into one pot and, you know, you pay your bills all together. Um, there's other households where, you know, one spouse works and handles all the finances and the other one's in the dark. Right. And, and, you know, how I can't be a judge, uh, on, on that sort of situation on what is the best way to do something. Cause I think it's a personality issue, but having that conversation is important, right? Being able to think about this upfront is, is vital to not just your financial health, but the health of your relationship. First of all, I totally agree with you. I think I always say this, everyone's normal is different. So I'm mm -hmm. not really surprised when a client comes into me and says, you know, this is how we've been married. This is our marriage. And this is, he's always ran the money. I don't know. I don't know what's going on or vice versa. The woman is, you know, putting everyone on a budget and, and that's how it is. Everyone's normal is different. Um, I don't think there's a right way to do it. So I, I truly, it, it's so different for every family. Uh, but I will say that um, when one of the spouses is in the dark or doesn't know what kind of bills are paid, uh, how much money is being earned, um, that's always just to your detriment, to that person's detriment. So I always recommend to be in the know and have an open discussion, even if uh, one of the parents is a stay-at-home parent. Um, that's still a job, <laughs> uh, one that not all of us can handle, really. Um, and... Um, you know, these are really important discussions that should be had, uh, whether it's with your tax specialist or, um, you know, with an attorney, if, if you're contemplating marriage. And again, um, having that discussion about how you're going to manage your finances. What what types of questions should a couple come in asking? You know, if let's you know, I mean, there's a ton of different scenarios, obviously, but there's got to be a set of you know some sort of guideline to help give people a. a you know, a sense of what I should be asking going into a new marriage or going into, you know, I mean, sometimes you call it a marriage, but partnerships in, in corporations are very much like, you know, having a marriage, whether it's a general partnership, a limited partnership, or you, you're, you know, you're all putting in money into a stock or an escort, whatever it's going to be. When you're deciding to put in a monetary compensation or, or, you know, a monetary, like a capital investment into something, you're entering, you know, whether you call it a marriage or, or a partnership, you're entering into an agreement. What kinds of stuff should we be thinking about as we enter these agreements into, you know, what, what should we be asking an attorney or, you know, our tax repairs or so, such those, those types of professionals? I think, you know, when you're, um, it, it, it depends on where you're at in this stage, right? So if you're contemplating getting married and you have a house and maybe you have a business, um, you want to know what are your ramifications? Like, you know, what happens if I sell this business and we're married? Or what happens if I have a prenup versus just what's the standard community property laws? Like, how do they, what's going to happen with my assets? It's, you know, the questions are different versus if you are um, already married and then you decide that you want to have a postnuptial agreement, which is just, um, uh, it's like a prenup, it's just during marriage. So if one spouse wants to maybe, purchase um, homes and have rental property and split them. And so that's not something that they want to be categorized as community property. 
um, then they have a post comp. The questions are different just depending on where you're at in the. Hold on, hold on. Let me. I, I like the whole idea of a of a post nuptial, right? So this is this is the concept. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is what happens in the event that you do separate. If you separate, this is how we are going to disperse things afterwards. But it's created once you've already entered the agreement. It's not necessarily when you're separating. It actually can be, you know, when you're married. But you don't have a prenup. And so the, the standard of uh, the disclosures that you have to make to your partner, because now you're married, are much, much higher than they are if you're just getting a prenup. Um, you know, with a prenup, you obviously have to disclose all of your assets, but you don't have quite that duty of disclosure that you do now that you're married. And this is your business partner, essentially. So you got to make more disclosures, but you don't necessarily need to be in the process of separating. It could be just that you know, maybe you need, you want to um, recharacterize a particular asset, like if you inherited something from a parent, and maybe now you want to um, characterize it as community property versus your separate property, or you want to divide certain assets, and you didn't have that opportunity prior to marriage. So that's when you do the post up. So, so it's not necessarily that you're getting separated, but this, no. this post-nuptial would uh, take effect, assuming if you were separated. Um, no, it could still take effect during your marriage. Again, if you're changing the characteristics of a property or an asset, um, you could have a post-nuptial agreement that says we don't intend on getting married, um, but we want to recharacterize certain property. Or perhaps if you want to say, you know what, actually in my retirement, I want it to be all my separate property. If we get divorced, um, then you can discuss that, but you're still happily married. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the happiness is always, uh, is always the goal. It's just, you know, you also want to make sure that you're happy, uh, if something doesn't work out, right. <laughs> Cause I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that, that gets super crazy. I mean, you've seen, you've seen individuals get completely destroyed. Sometimes it's the, you know, if one spouse gets decimated in a divorce and the other one, you know, benefits because, you know, they didn't come in with very much or whatever the situation is. And it, it, on the one sense, that's the financial aspect between the two people in that relationship. Oftentimes we're dealing with some other issues too, like children, for example. Um, and once you start stepping into that bounds, uh, how, do, how does that really affect uh, the, the planning that you have in place. You might have had a prenup prior to getting married, but then you got together, you made you know little spawns of yourselves, and now you're going to go through a separation. And yeah. now it's more than just what you came into the relationship with. That's the prenup stuff. Now you got children involved. How does that affect mm -hmm. it? So, um, well, you know, at, in the po in the prenup stage, you can't you can't discuss anything related to child support or child care. Um, so that's just its own issue um, if you, you know, divorce and you have to figure out custody and child support. But it could affect, you know, how you uh, divide a home, for example, if one prop, well, the prenup, uh, prenup says the home is going to go to the husband because that's a separate property, but now there's children involved, you know, where is the wife going to go? And so you can, um, you know, discuss that issue if, if you're in the middle of a divorce, then you can apply the prenup to certain issues and not to others. Uh, but with respect to custody and child support, I mean, it's just our California law where you're not allowed to um, include that at any portion of the prenup. All right, I, I have to ask, anytime I talk to a family attorney, I got to ask, um, the guys always get screwed, or at least that's the stigma, right? <laughs> um, 
how do we how do we prepare ourselves so that that doesn't happen? I feel like you know being a male, uh, you know we we're notorious for not wanting to ask directions, right? We don't need help; we'll figure it out ourselves. Uh, and that you know oftentimes it gets us to do a lot of things where we do end up figuring out ourselves. But in situations like this, when the law is concerned, when your future is concerned, trying to go about it and figure it out yourself is not really the way to go. Um, so if, if something was to, to go down, what should, what should we do as, and I'm not going to just say male or female, but what should a spouse do if they're in a position where they're like, I'm unhappy in my marriage and I'm thinking about separating, what are the steps? What, what's the process? Well, I, I, I think every situation is different. So I can't even like give any tips like, Oh, on custody or, or the home. But if you are contemplating a divorce and you have a family and you have a home and you're not sure how that's going to affect, you know, um, this new part of your life, whether you can afford it or not. Um, being an attorney, you know, some attorneys uh, charge, some attorneys offer complimentary consults. I know I, I offer the first half hour is free, but the ability to give a person um, a rundown of the law and what to expect is great because knowledge is power. So once you know what to expect, uh, once you know, like whether you would be paying spousal support or not, or how custody potentially can be looked at, um, you ha- you're better prepared to have that discussion with your partner. Because I believe, um, you know, the best kind of divorce is one that the two parties are involved in, right? It's not something that mm-hmm. you just go to the attorney's office and you plan and then you spring it on the other party. Um, it's something that must be discussed between the individuals. It's something that has to fit the family and the children. And so um, just getting advice prior to making any uh, rash decisions is, is invaluable. But I don't well, think men are getting screwed over. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, it's just the stigma, right? It's a stereotype. It's a stereotype for a reason. Yusuf, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, how we do the whole podcasting space towards the end of the show. So stay tuned. Uh, Alana, I'm gonna, we're going to take a quick little break so James can get in his uh, insurance tip of the day. But when we come back, uh, I want you to think of, of a good story that we can learn from uh, something, no names, no names, but something <laughs> that you've seen happen that could have been pre- prevented or avoided, okay? okay. Nice intro. Appreciate that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we're Get back to cyber liability, especially if you're building a website. So last week I talked about cyber liability. I wanted to bring it up again for anyone out there who might have missed it. When I talked about it last week, I meant cyber ransom, which is something that's very much on the rise lately. Again, it's when someone steals your data and to destroy it unless you pay them. Cyber liability policy will cover you for that. But one that I learned a client was in the middle of building her website. She did what many of us have done, did a quick Google search to find images that she needed to page. Well, guess what? This client did not ask photographer for permission to use those photos, and the photographer sued for damages, claiming that their images were generating income for the client. The case went to court, and although the photographer won, the client only had to pay a small deductible and the rest of the came the rest of the claim was paid for by her cyber liability policy. So first of all, make sure you get a photographer's permission before using their images on your website. Okay, lesson number one. 
And lesson number two, get yourself a cyber liability policy because the fact is, don't know what you don't know. And it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. As always, if you have any questions or need any advice, give Pipeline Insurance a call at 877-928-9994. And for more insurance, follow me on Twitter at InsuranceBroHam. Man, we all make them kind of mistakes. I know I did at the beginning. Hopefully, I never yep. get sued for something like that. Lana, what kind of stuff have you seen in your space that could have been avoided? Um, I have seen a lot of times where couples go to a mediator or they do their you know divorce online, and they often uh, run into issues when they come to an attorney to get it fixed. So I mm. advise, uh, you know, people that, first of all, shop around, make sure, you know, you're hiring the right person, someone that's qualified, whether it's an attorney or just a mediator that's going to represent both of you guys. Uh, but, you know, getting legal advice and not doing it on your own. Right now, it's super easy to uh, just Google everything uh, and become an expert um, at any particular area. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Quote, yeah. Um, YouTube University. Ultimately... You know, you don't know what you don't know. And so you got to hire, um, you know, someone to help you get the job done and get it done right so that you're not back in court or back on, you know, post-judgment issues trying to fix things that you didn't intend to do. All right, Lana, I want to know you yeah, – good answer. Yeah, I want to know uh, you've, you've been in business for yourself now. You wanted to get away from uh, – well, open up your free time to be able to come and go as you needed to. What's been some of your, like, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say major, but what are some of the struggles you're going through in your business uh, that you're working on to resolve right now? What are, what, are, what are some of the hiccups that you've come across? Well, um, you know, being a good attorney and a good business person is, is critical for me. Um, I've realized that I need to delegate the things that um, are not worth my time it's not legal practice right or marketing and building my business and so i've really um i think over the last three years really uh, tried to cultivate that and to delegate people and it's hard to find individuals that you trust individuals that you know see your vision um but you know growing that staff so that i can do legal work and and work on my business as well so what kind of marketing stuff are you doing i mean obviously you're um, doing the business bros podcast but other (laughs) other than that um, I do SEO, um, and so I it's been it's been good. So people like around uh, my office, so my office is in Del Mar, Solana Beach, um, are able to easily find me. Whether it's you know a prenup or a mediation of their divorce versus custody representation, so if they Google me, um, they can find me that way. I also run like these you know helpful memes on my Facebook page. Um, and I have to be more consistent about it, but I just try to provide that like very quick snapshot of some quotes or value-based, you know, memes about uh, the law or just what to expect. And that's been really uh, well received um, because I think it's important for other, you know, attorneys and professionals to know um, me and to just automatically go with my face and say, oh yeah, she's a family law attorney that I want mm-hmm. to refer clients to. So um, that's something that I'm working on, but um, I'm afraid to try like TikTok or anything like that. So maybe 
Well, it's it's a matter of, of being consistent because you want to put your face and your business in front of people so they know what it is you do. Um, and so Yusuf had popped up uh, on the question here and he was asking about how, how do we do this whole podcasting thing? And, you know, I, I keep going back to it and I'm super passionate about it because podcasting has changed the way I do any of my prospecting. Literally, like you and I would not have met if it wasn't for this podcast, right? And and I'm able to meet somebody new every single day. And some of the relationships bloom into something more and we do more business together. And some of them, like anything else, it's great. We know each other now and we've made a connection, but it doesn't bloom into anything, you know, uh, financially substantial or anything like that, but we've established a relationship. And I think, you know, that aspect of marketing is what's fallen by the wayside today. There, you know, we're not able to go to networking events. We're not able to shake hands. We're not able to have that human interaction. So we got to find another way to do it. And, you know, I don't know how, uh, how much you or how you feel about the whole creating a podcast thing, but it really, really does open the door to being able to talk to somebody new every single day. So I'm I'm just gonna fly to ask you: Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Um, I have. Um, I've I've thought about like cultivating an Instagram and podcast and stuff, but I just don't know um, how much information people are really willing to uh, receive. And I know it is a time commitment as well, so that's kind of my um, my issues. But um, I like me, to be a guest on a podcast. That's definitely the fun part, right? Being the guest is the easy. Yeah. That, that's the easy part. Well, here, here's why I ask. Like, uh, so when I when I talk to people about building their own podcast, I always try to tell them it's not about you know building or being the next Joe Rogan. That's not how I want you to look at it. I want you to look at it is how can I meet the people that I want to do business with? How can I get in front of them on a regular basis? And you know, being in sales, I mean, you're in sales, right? I, I, it's difficult to get a five minute phone a sales call with somebody. But it's pretty easy to get a 30-minute podcast episode with them, right? And right. so if you develop a show or a concept idea along the lines of uh, – or you know, where the guest that you're trying to get on your show is your ideal client, yeah. then you can have something that you're going to be doing anyways. You're going to be prospecting on a regular basis. You're going to be making your sales calls. You're going to be following up. You might as well do it in a way that brings them value. Absolutely. What do you think of that? I think it's a great idea. Now I know what you're on to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'll give you an example. Um, I got, I got uh, somebody that loves to do uh, like party planning, right? She, I mean, she's amazing at it. Every single party you go to, the, it, the everything's themed, the table, the banners, everything, the little candies, the little whatever, the cake, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, when COVID happened, like, now she's not able to do that as much. And what I was telling her, I was like, look, what you need to do is continue to show people that this is what you're doing, right? So when you walk to the store and you're like, oh my gosh, look, if I get this marshmallow and this thing and this thing, look at what it creates. This is how you create a little Mickey Mouse or whatever for your next home party. Or I'm at home and I wanted to design this wall so I can take pictures on it. So I got paper plates and I put them like this and this is how I did it, right? People want that valuable information. Um, if you're going to develop a show, for example, if you're, you know, I was thinking if I get back into real estate, I, I should have an, another show, a spinoff where all I'm doing is interviewing homeowners and they may have not, they may not have done a transaction with me, but it doesn't matter because every single person that I'm talking to is a potential client. And if not that they're a potential client, their friends and family are. So I got them on the show and at the same time, they're going to refer stuff out to their friends and family. And it's just a matter of having a conversation, right? 
now when I come up to somebody, I'm like, hey, are you interested in buying a house? They're going to be like, dude, I'm not interested right now. But if I say, hey, are you interested in coming on my podcast and telling me your home buying experience? That's a whole different ballgame. And that opens up the door to talking to people. Well, I think the issue is just capturing someone's attention and making sure that they put, you know, a name to a face and a title to your face, right? So that um, if ever the need comes up, whether it's family law attorney or tax planning or a real estate agent, they know who to call because they remember that experience with someone, yeah. Yeah. Plus you were talking about putting content out for your other platforms. Now you got a 30 minute show. We break it up into small pieces and you just plaster that on all your stuff. Pretty simple to do. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to show up and talk. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to do is show up and talk and then, you know, let, let everybody else handle your, your social media content for you. We can definitely help you out with that. All right. Uh, I'm going to let, I'm going to let uh, Alana go here because she has two little ones that she's got to get back to. So we're going to make sure that we, we stick to our, our commitment, our 30 minute time. So Alana, thank you very much for being a part of the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. This was really fun. I enjoyed our time. Ladies and gents, S-H-I-T, y'all. So happy it's Thursday. Thursday. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.